My name is Anda Ginska, and this is Pros and Content. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Notch, a digital content intelligence platform. I'm a massive data nerd who's fallen in love with storytelling. And so on the Pros and Content podcast, we will be featuring a series of really incredible leaders who believe in storytelling and who have different perspectives on the importance, measurement, scalability, and optimization of storytelling. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Rachel, the amazing founder and CEO of Micmac. In our first episode, we spent some time discussing recent news and the marketing industry in general. Make sure to listen back to that if you haven't already. Today, we're playing a quick game of pro or no, basically our version of underrated or overrated, hot or not, buy or sell, etc. I love my conversations with Rachel. She's super opinionated and especially love it because we don't always agree, but she's a great friend and such an amazing leader. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Rachel Tipograph. So what we're going to do is I'm going to say out words and trends. They're going to represent trends, essentially. And then you're going to say either pro or no, a.k.a. like, is this is this something you're pro or is this something you're against? Okay. Make sense? Yeah. And then you can explain if you want to. Okay. I'll probably ask you. And then and then I'll go after okay. you go. Should I go first or do you want to go first? Uh, you take the lead. Let me see how it's done. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's start with customer experience. 100% pro. I don't think you win in today's world unless you're exceptional from a customer experience standpoint. Yeah? I agree. Do you, do you think, by the way, because a lot of technology companies are like, oh, services, we don't believe in services. Oh, no. When people ask me, are you a sales-driven company or a product-driven company? I go, neither. We're a customer success-driven company. Yeah, it is. It's all, become a huge thing. It's it's it's, it's like it's everything. Everything. When, when yeah. I interview totally. people for roles, one of my favorite things to ask them is, "I and this is on the sales side." So when I'm interviewing salespeople, I go, um, "Cool." So like, tell me who your competitor is, and they say a competitor, and I go, "Okay, is your product more or less expensive?" Hopefully, they say more expensive. That's yeah. what I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I go, "Great." How do you defend your price? And they're like, "Listen, at the end of the day, our software essentially does the same thing." Yeah, but we deliver on supreme customer service that's the name of the game yeah yeah totally agree okay um video advertising you take this one first uh i'm pro you'll have higher recall with video it's uh, so it's not overhyped no it's not overhyped like it's extremely effective you should have the right campaign objective going after the right audiences with the right creative Mm -hmm. that'll make or break it but Mm -hmm. it works I think it depends what you're going after, because we see a lot of thought leadership brands like, you know, PwC, mm-hmm. and not to pick on them because they're an amazing customer, but but there's a ton of kind of B2B companies that are mm. trying to mm. do video because it's yep. it's this thing that everyone watches and yep. it works. But maybe the 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 context or the medium is not the, the format and the and the context don't match because people don't watch video at work, I think. Yeah, I would say B2B is a different beast, Yeah, right? Like, I only can speak about sort it. Sort of. Well, I can speak like about it It's still humans, but it's yeah. a different context. Exactly. And with B2B, it's all about matching content to the right part of the right. buyer's journey. Right, right, right. So right. Totally, which we know yeah. a lot about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, brand marketing, I am totally pro. Yeah, 100% pro. Performance marketing, 
<laughs> I don't work with CPGs. I do work with a lot of B2B companies that are demand gen led, which mm-hmm. is like the B2B yep. version of performance marketing. So in that sense, very pro. Also, Notch becoming a lot more demand gen led, so very pro. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure that we don't over-index on it. Got it. I mean, if you want to sell consumer products online, it happens via bottom-of-the-funnel media. It's not going to happen via top-of-the-funnel media. So you need it. Unless you're Apple or Nike. Those are exceptions to the rule. <laughs> yes. Got it. <laughs> um, D2C. Overhyped uh, or not? I'm against because I don't think we're going to live in a world where you go to papertowels.com to buy your paper towels and deodorant.com to buy your deodorant. Do you think we're going to live in a world where, like, not to bring it too much back to B2B, but do you think we're going to live in a world where B2B buyers are going to go to B2B websites? They do go to B2B websites. They do go to B2B websites websites to get educated. Right. But they often don't enter their credit card because that's not how sourcing is buying software. Right. Right. So it depends. Yeah. I think, well, the perfect example is um, essentially what Google did to IBM. Mm. So... IBM would go in and sell to the CTO. Google goes, we're not going to do that. We're going to sell to the individual developer, right? And then all of a sudden, IBM was completely disrupted. And was like, oh, my God, we don't know how to go to market and sell to an individual developer. So I think there's, there is companies that are changing the model in that sense. Hmm. So on Instagram, <laughs> send. actually, we were thinking about whether we should do Instagram ads and 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 we're starting to kind of... Oh, you should. We should? Yeah. You I think mean, it's a B2B context? It's completely undervalued right now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a hot tip. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll tell my marketing team. <laughs> um, User-generated content. Oh. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> that's how I feel, too. I mean... Oh, I have a lot of feelings. So yesterday. Yeah, no, I have a lot of feelings. One, it depends on the industry that you're in. Like travel, definitely. Yeah. Like yeah. I go on TripAdvisor all the time and look right. at real people's photos. Right. Um, In apparel and footwear, I mean, like it's just been taken over by influencers. Like yeah. it's not authentic anymore. Well, that's the next one. What's, what do you think about influencer marketing? I think that influencer marketing works. Mm. If in the consumer I'm goods. I'm sort of meh. In the consumer goods world. If you want to sell product, it is through hyper-targeted paid advertising and niche influencer seeding. Mm. Why did P&G acquire Native Deodorant? Native Deodorant and P&G acquired them. They were doing $20 million in direct-to-consumer revenue. P&G doesn't need another $20 million brand. They have Old Spice. They have Secret. They acquired them for $100 million, 5X, because of how they went to market. Native Deodorant is aluminum-free. They went after two customer segments, prenatal moms and people on the internet who recently indicated that they were impacted by cancer. Paid advertising, niche influencer seeding. You look at Away, that's how they went to market. Mm. Every influencer, micro to macro, under the sun, you saw them mm-hmm. in 2015, 16, 17 with their suitcase. So I guess what, I, what I'm reacting to is probably when it's done wrong. Because yeah. definitely, I just, I see so much influencer marketing on my Instagram and I'm like, oh, I can't. I don't, I don't trust it. But you don't really trust the influencer in that sense because the influencer has, you know, shot themselves around. Right. Yeah. So then how does it work? Do you think if it's a micro influencer, how how does it, how do you get the credibility and the, the, the genuine message across? Yeah. If you know it's a paid ad. You're an influencer. So I grew up with um, Ariel Charnas, formerly known as Ariel Nakmani, who's something Navy. And it's been amazing to see 
what she has created. That is absolutely insane. And so she just has a unique point of view on, A, what brands she wants to associate herself and what she believes the audience will respond to. And she says no to a ton of brands. Mm. So I think if you're an influencer, you are a brand and you have to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Got it. So it's about the affiliations. Okay. Um, voice activated technology slash Alexa. Um, this, this was a huge thing this year. Yeah. I mean, I have an Alexa and a Google Home. Yeah. Um, same. And I use it to play music. Yeah. Same. And find the weather and yeah. what else I do. Uh, I believe that Alexa has an opportunity to play in commerce, given its connection to Amazon for reordering. But did we exaggerate it earlier this year? Because I think everyone was like, oh, my God, we need an agency for voice. Uh, I think it's very early days. I think, again, it's like an undervalued asset right now. And it's actually quite easy to make a splash because so few people are playing there. Yeah. And that in the next three years, it'll become a mainstream consumer behavior. I feel pretty confident. To listen to ads on Alexa. Not to listen to ads, to like recall products. Mm. I find it so intrusive. If Maybe it's because I'm not used to it yet. Mm. But when I listen to podcasts or I listen to music, it would be so weird if all of a sudden Alexa was like, have you thought about? Well, you would pay to not hear that. You know, there'll be a premium but version. I, but, but does Amazon need that money? No, but from a consumer experience standpoint, they will create that opportunity for you. Yeah, maybe. We'll be right back to pros and content after this brief message. The Pros and Content Podcast is brought to you by Notch, the content intelligence platform for brands. For a demo, and to learn how to best plan, measure, optimize, and benchmark your content marketing strategy, visit us at notch.com. K-N-O-T-C-H dot com. Notch. It's all you'll ever need. Okay. Uh, Super Bowl ads. Oh, man. <laughs> we know how Gary feels about Super Bowl ads. Yeah. Do you know how he feels about Super Bowl ads? He's very pro. Yeah, he's very pro. I mean, it's a cultural moment. People tune in and there's a long, there's, you essentially get like the shelf life of January yeah. on your ad. So it's like, if you are going to spend on TD, that's how you. But do you think it's the best way you could possibly spend your money ever? Because Gary keeps saying if he had the money, he would buy it, an ad for himself. <laughs> He's so funny. Um, do I think it's the best way to spend your money ever? No. Uh, do I think if you're going to invest in television and you want to maximize that PR effect around what you're doing, it's probably the right moment to choose. But you have to have really good creative, like in that context, like amazing creative. Yeah, in that context, have people creative talking is about everything. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too long on it. I don't think the world functions that way anymore. Um, I guess it depends on the product. Yeah, 100%. I, I think if Micmac or Notch advertised in the Super Bowl, oh, no, it would no. actually be a terrible decision. There was some <laughs> ad. There was an ad that I actually weirdly remember, and I don't remember the name of the product, but it was like the the alcohol seltzer thing. Okay, the White Claw? The two sirens. No, it, is it White Claw? The two mermaids? It might have been White Claw. Okay. I, I see. I don't even know which one. Oh, Bon and Viv. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> um, and I was just like, why? Yeah. But then I guess White Claw won, so mm-hmm. I don't know how they did that. Um, podcasts. <laughs> um, Too many of them? I think that podcast discovery is a real challenge. This like, is true. Yeah. I have no idea how you guys are building your audience right now. Um, 
but it's uh, I know you. By so featuring I can, guests like you. Yeah. I know you. I can put your name into Spotify or iTunes and yeah. recall the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the big challenge that needs to be unlocked um, yep. for more great content to be discovered. Yep. So and that will get solved. Like I know it will get solved. Um, it's really time intensive. It's expensive. Yeah. So if you're going to create a podcast, like you better have a plan around how people are going to discover it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm long on it, obviously. That's why I'm doing mm-hmm. one. Um, agencies. Uh, listen, at Micmac, we work with all the agencies, so we are unbiased in that sense. I love the official response. Yeah. Let's get to the real one. <laughs> uh, a lot, like, you know, programmatic is moving in-house, right? So there are certain things that are going to move in-house. There are other things that are going to stay outsourced. I think agencies are playing with every revenue model under the sun. You know, I think what's going to continue to come more in vogue next year is um, in-housing, like insourcing, outsourcing. And staffing is always going to be an issue. Like these really big companies, they're, it's going to be very hard to, you know, get the CFO to approve a headcount plan for 350 people. Yeah. Right. So um, I think there's opportunity around that. I still believe that there's opportunity around specialization. and. Yeah, so I I think that the overall retainers are going to get smaller, but agencies will not disappear. Hmm. I have gone back and forth on this a lot this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of companies in-house and then Mm -hmm. (laughs) out-house. I've seen the pendulum swing from we need to centralize everything under one center of excellence team to we now need to decentralize everything and have many agencies across the board. And now it's going back into more of like, we need to centralize, but around three core concepts or, you know, it it really keeps evolving. And I think that's why it's hard for agencies to build a good business model around it. I think the key is what you said, specialization. And if you're really, really good at something, Mm -hmm. you win. But then the issue is you win. And the next question that that customer asks you is, can you also do this? Mm -hmm. Right. And then the natural inclination is, of course, I I want more money. So I'm going to start doing everything. And then you end up being another agency that's trying to do everything. So it's such a weird um kind of what what do you call this uh not paradigm paradigm thank you yeah Mm -hmm. it's too late for me um because i think if you wanted to be purist and really kind of win you would just do one thing and do it really well 100 percent. and i think creative agencies some of them are really strong yeah um and they're recognized for how much perspective and kind of diverse perspective Mm -hmm. they bring to the table so um we talked about in-housing agencies okay data overrated underrated a big one yeah it's all about clean data and then having a plan on how you want to use the data most data is very messy yeah and then you can't do anything with it yeah if i had a penny for every time someone said we had we have too much data i'm like it's not about how much data you have no it's about clean data and i'm not even saying that the data you have is useless but i think it's many ways data is becoming obsolete a lot faster than it used to be because the behaviors are changing faster we're collecting more data on more channels we are on more channels where we can collect more data. So I think it's so important that marketers think about how do you architect data collection so that it's clean from mm-hmm. the get-go? Because mm-hmm. you don't have the luxury of consolidating, cleaning it afterwards, trying to figure out what it's saying. Oh, it's a whole thing. Like we um, at Micmac, we're moving from our current CRM to Salesforce. We're implementing HubSpot. And I can't tell you how many times people on my team are like, if we don't set this up right, it's all downhill. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's true. I'm glad. 
I guess our marketing teams are doing better mm -hmm. than others. Um, AI. Oh, freaking hype. Freaking hype? Yes. In marketing? Oh, my God. Really? I'm so over it. Rachel. Yeah. AI, blockchain, I'm over it. Wait. Most of these, what? it's all sham. AI all, sham? All of these companies. Oh, my God. You have to tell like, me more. AI copywriting. I, I'm like. Guys. Ooh, that's a big. I know who you're talking about. No, it just in general. <laughs> I'm just like this is. I think that there's a lot of hype around it. Wow. Tell me why. What's because the it's tell me not, about the copywriting for, piece? No, it, for me, it's the hype around um, having proprietary tech around it. Mm -hmm. Like it's very easy to build a script to do repeatable tasks. Right. So, but for it to get smarter. You need scale. Right. So, but again, like, I don't think there's anything proprietary right. around building scripts like that. Like, take Watson. They built an awesome brand around something that's not so difficult. Yeah. Well, okay. I think, I will tell you how I feel about blockchain in a second. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to AI, I think it has, I think the concept of it has potential. Mm -hmm. I think the idea of, Learning from a large data set and trying to create better outcomes automatically mm -hmm. and not relying on human decision making to to get there. I think there's a lot there. Mm -hmm. Now, is it differentiated? Can you build companies around it? Can you charge companies $10 million a year for it? Probably right. not. I would say it's an application mm -hmm. because you need the data. And we just talked about how you need the data to be clean. Yep. You need the data to be collected in real time, blah, blah, blah. So it's an application that you build on top, but I do think that it will drive value. And I, I do think that in today's world, we have to move faster, kind of move from measuring to optimizing to activating faster. So we're, we've built an AI product. <laughs> I mean, again, like that's, I don't so know we, I said, we have AI I, I in our tech. In a shameful we way. Have AI we built our, an AI no, product. We have AI in our tech too, but I'm not leaning into it. You're not, you're like, not even saying the word AI? No, we explain how our product works. And we right. explain it. But, but you're not hashtag AIing everywhere. No, I'm yeah, not. No, well, I'm not either, but I don't know. It seems to be working for people. Anyway, <laughs> blockchain, um, you're obviously not big on it. Do you want to say why? I'm not big on it in advertising. I don't think I it's solving a pain point in our industry. Well, there is a pain point around transparency, mm -hmm. but I don't think that blockchain is the way to solve it. Mm -hmm. I think blockchain is great at tracking high value items that transact on a low volume basis mm -hmm. or in a slow way, yep. right? But most advertising transacts very fast Correct. at a really low CP, whatever. A hundred percent. So doesn't make sense. And the other thing I figured out, because I, I was like, I need to get educated on this shit because mm -hmm. all, all marketers are like, oh my God, we're going to use blockchain transparency. As you know, we stand for transparency. Like mm -hmm. we're this independent partner that measures all your channels and all yep. that. It's like I need to get educated. Um, and I figured out that basically you can you can use blockchain. Blockchain is just a ledger. It's just like takes the data yeah. and puts it somewhere. But you you're still influenced by how the data is collected. So the 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 metrics that get collected, how they get collected, still dictated by the by the partners. So the incentive structure isn't fixed. It's still an issue. Mm -hmm. So anyway, long story short, I don't think we've seen any big adoption. There were a lot of announcements and I think AB and Bev was trying to do a bunch of things around it, but we haven't really seen any traction. Um, and then we have e-commerce and content, and we've both talked about that. We're both pro. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Rachel. This hey. was awesome. Yeah, so fun. Thank you. 
That was our first episode of Pro or No. Hope you liked hearing our thoughts on some buzzwords in the marketplace right now. If you like this format, we'll get some more of my favorite folks in the industry and just go back and forth on what we think is here to stay or what's just a fad or a passing phase. If you want to hear more of this format, let us know on Twitter at Notch Inc. And for any feedback that you have, please email me at anda at prosandcontent.co. I would love to hear from you, especially if you'd like to nominate other speakers for us to feature. And if you want to hear more amazing content about the pros and cons of making content or being a better storyteller in today's world, please head to prosandcontent.co for more episodes. The best thing you could do for us is to rate, review, and share the series so we can grow the community and the much-needed conversation around the purpose and importance of brand storytelling. See you next time on Pros and Content. <laughs>